1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. If you look for it, every day has cause for celebration. Celebrate a friend for their promotion baby wedding life thing. Celebrate yourself for keeping the couch warm. It's no easy feat, especially if it's a big couch. Or maybe you just want to celebrate living in 2023, where you can get beer, wine, and spirits delivered from Drizzly in under 60 minutes without leaving said couch. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com and get your favorite drinks delivered today.
0: Hey out there rock and rollers, welcome to a very special 83rd edition of the Ugly American Werewolf in London Rock Podcast. Recorded here in Central London, just off historic Abbey Road. And I can't tell you how special of a night that I've got to talk to you about here this week. Ladies and gentlemen, as a long time Rolling Stones fan... One of the real, it was really the first big rock show that I ever went to was the Rolling Stones on the Steel Wheels Tour in 1989 as a teenager. It's the same for Action Jackson, my co-host. I went in the Midwest, he went in Giant Stadium. And it was life-changing for us. And it set us on a path of loving rock and roll and loving the Stones music for a long time. I will admit that Years ago, I decided I was not going to go see the Rolling Stones again live. I'd seen them six times. I'd seen them do all sorts of, I've seen them in a a club in Chicago. I've seen them in football stadiums, baseball stadiums, race tracks. I've seen them all over. So I'm like, I'm not going to go see them anymore. I've seen them. I've spent the money. I'm happy that I got to see them several times. I'm just going to use my resources for other concerts. But being someone who lives in London now and has lost a lot of time to COVID to go into special shows and going out to big venues and places that I've wanted to go for a long time. When they announced they were going to do the BST summertime concerts, I had to go. And I had to take my child, the Wolf Cub, an eight-year-old who loves rock and roll music. If I had the chance to take her, I had to. I had to jump at it. So we're going to review that here on the show this week. But first, we've got a lot of stuff to get to before we get to the Rolling Stones. And first, as listeners of the shows know, we are a part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, a a family of about 90 to 100 strong podcasts all about music, not just rock music, but all sorts of amazing hosts. There's a show out there for you. There's no doubt about that. And we always like to give shout-outs to our fellow rock and rollers like Paul Richardson, a Vintage Rock Pod and This Day Rocks, to Jay, Jay Scott at The Hook Rocks. Great show, and we love Jay's show. I just hope I have enough time to listen to them all because he's more than weekly. you got to stay on top of Jay. And, of course, our friends and role models, the Shout It Out Loud guys, Tom and Zeus, the best Kiss podcast in the world. We're hoping to hear something from them really soon. You can check out all of them at Pantheon Pods, or www.pantheonpodcast.com. But we have a really exciting development here at the Wolf, and that's that we have a brand new sponsor, which is so cool, uh, because not only does that kind of give a little more credence to the show, that yes, we have a sponsor, it does help pay some of the expenses of putting on the show, but it's a real partner, and that rarevinyl.com is a perfect sponsor for the show, because it's about selling rare records to rock-and-roll junkies like you, okay? Uh, Now, rarevinyl.com is kind of a relatively new URL for them. It's a new name, but they've been doing this uh, for more than 30 years. I think they got started in 1985. I mean, since 1985, these guys have been dealing in high-quality records. Lots and lots of LPs. They have over 250,000 items in stock. It's unbelievable. And you can trust them. I went and checked out their operation. The care they give when they buy a collection to go through it, and check out what it's all about. And then if somebody makes a purchase, the way they package it in the packing house there and get it shipped out to make sure nothing happens to it when shipping all over the world, you can really trust that what you're getting is high quality and you're going to get it in great shape. They've got, what is it, five, six, seven record buyers. That's their job, buying records, going and finding people's collections, and then sifting through it, finding out what might be valuable, what isn't. Hopefully before too long, we're going to have a couple of them on to tell some stories about some of the great finds they've had over the years, some of the interesting things they sometimes find in the records themselves, you know, but anything you want. I mean, obviously, we love rock and roll, but there's classical, there's jazz, there's stuff from the 50s all the way to the present day, tons of vinyl. You can also find things like tour books and, and rare items like that, and you can trust them. I mean, they've been doing this for decades. They've got over 10,000 five-star reviews on Trustpilot, okay? Couldn't be more proud to be associated Uh, with these people uh, and what they're doing so definitely check out rarevinyl.com some people might know them as EIL.com It's uh, one of their older site names and there might be more things on there versus rarevinyl.com which is something they've launched fairly recently but please go check out rarevinyl.com and guys if you put in the code podcast when you're checking out just podcast you'll get a 10% discount I'm telling you you're not gonna find better quality anywhere And you're basically going to get knocked off your shipping anyway if you just use the code. So please go out and check out rarevinyl.com, use the code PODCAST, and you get some really high-quality stuff there. Of course, we want you to subscribe and download wherever you use your podcast, be it Apple, iTunes, Amazon. Good Pods has been good to us. They put us on their top 10 list. Great way to interact with other podcasters. Anywhere you get it, please download and subscribe. And if you get a chance, hey... Put in a good word for us. Write it down. Put in a review. And it just helps us find more rock and roll fans like you. So back to the Stones. Hyde Park. We were blessed with an amazing night. And I'm going to get into all the details with Action Jackson right now. Bottom line is, it was a special night. Special night to be out in London. Beautiful evening with my family. Got to see the Stones. Got to see them do some songs that I'd always hoped I would get the chance to see them do. And so without further ado, let's jump into it. My seventh all-time Stones show. The only thing that could have made it better was probably having Jackson there, because we were huge Stones fans together, living in college. We had seen Steel Wheels separately, but we'd both seen that tour. While we were there, Keith came back with Main Offender, and then eventually they did Voodoo Lounge, which we got to see together. So that was a big moment for us in our fandom and friendship and being big rock and roll and Rolling Stones fans. So to see them one more time on a special night in London, an historic night in London, really, it was special. So we're going to get into it. This is me, the Wolf, and his family seeing the Rolling Stones in Hyde Park here on The Wolf.
3: So, and I was thinking about this before, like, I know that, I know I've heard this name a couple of times, Hyde Park. I'm, I'm probably pretty sure I've been there just in passing, but this mm. is not a music venue, right? This is just, this is a park that they set this giant stage up. Yeah, right. in
0: the middle of the city. That's right. No, yeah. Hyde Park is, is it, well, it's, yes, it's a very famous park. I mean, there's a lot of great famous parks and, you know, Regents Park is not that far from where I live, Paddington Rack, but the Hyde Park is big. You know, almost like a Central Park kind of thing in that it's been around a long time. It is fairly centered to the city. You know, Royal Albert Hall and the big Statue of Albert are on the south, mm-hmm. central side of the park. But yeah, and then Speaker's Corner, of course, in Hyde Park is there. There's a palace down at the end. It's, it's, I mean, you can really go get out there and there's wooded areas. You can really feel like you're out of the city, out of London, uh, if you go there and do it right. Um, but then, you know, there's also a lot of cafes and things like that around. There's places where there's little boats and stuff, and there's. It's a pretty big place. I think you stayed basically on the south side of the park. Maybe you didn't really see it when you were staying down. I mean, you weren't that. You weren't right off of it. You couldn't see it, but but you were near that when you stayed here.
3: If if that's the if that's the case. And I definitely went there because I know we went to a park or two. I just didn't realize which one it was. But yeah, it is it is like it, the ones that we went to were like Central Park where you're in this giant city and then you cross over and you, oh, wait a minute, this is very nice. So it, it's a great concept to have that kind of the deal in a busy city. But I can't imagine like the logistics of setting this massive thing up and then getting
0: everybody in and out of it. Well, here's the thing. I mean, they use that part of the park and this is like the northeast side kind of just below the marble arch just below like where the hard rock cafe hotel is but it's usually this big enormous giant fields you know and people come there they can sit out there and have lunch most of the time you know or have a picnic they can play ball games out there whatever it's a big huge patch of grass but every year they do winter wonderland there which is you know it's kind of like there's there's a beer garden and there's rides and there's you know rigged games you know mm-hmm. that the carnies could take your money on and you know <laughs> overpriced fatty sugary foods and you know ice skating and all sorts of stuff they do that there every winter and i think during this and you know and so they basically set up this little village this town right you know and, and all sorts of huge stuff set up and they had a couple of carny rides i guess last night but you know big they had food trucks, they had big food buildings, they had VIP things, you know, they had a couple of different stages. This is something they do in the summer, too, because like Elton John played the night before, and the Eagles are going to play. The, oh, okay. Stones, the Stones are going to play a second time, you know, and the, wow, you know, they they do this in the summer. They know how to set it up and they know how to run it, you know, and uh, and it, but the thing is, you know, I remarked to my wife about this because I mean, look, the famous Hyde Park show was. 1969. In fact, as we're recording this, we're less than a week away from like the 53rd anniversary of mm-hmm. the Stones playing, which was July 1st, 69, Hyde Park, a free concert to half a million people. <laughs> half a million people. And it was, it also consequently it had been right after Brian Jones died. Now, he'd been out of the band for a while, but, uh, but he, he did pass away. And then, now, this is now the first show to introduce McTaylor into the band. Mm-hmm. Huge show. The, the, the bootleg from that show isn't great. I mean, it was an historic day. It may have been historic to be there, but the Stones weren't amazing that day. But last night, they were awfully damn good. Uh, but but uh, well, we'll get into that. No, it was only 85,000 people. So I was remarking to my wife, you know, this isn't ginormous. They didn't try to put a quarter of a million people down here. You uh-huh. know? And not that 85,000 is small by any means. I mean, it's bigger than you can put in any football stadium, really given everything else you have to pack in there for the show. So it's, it's huge, but I'm, I'm just, i I'm, like the way they set it up. It had good flow to it. There was, uh, the stage is down kind of a patch of where it does kind of naturally, the ground just kind of goes lower for a while. Okay. So there is a small bit of an amphitheater so people can stand, you know, and, and you're and as you go up you know it gets a little bit higher so that that's a good always a good thing when you do those natural kind of fairgrounds kind of shows
3: yeah because you don't want to i mean you got to work with with the terrain there and you don't want everybody if the stage is up too high then you can't see anything and it's just a it's just a horrible experience i know i've been to a couple of those uh, amphitheaters here in the united states and that's kind of the same deal they've got seats in the front Mm-hmm. And then there's a lawn, but the lawn kind of goes way up in the back. So you're looking down. So you're not, you don't have an obstructed view behind all these seats.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, they did build up the stage pretty big, mm-hmm. you know, tall because you had to. And of course there's video and, and there's video behind them. Big, huge video screens behind them. They had a couple of TVs out towards the back. We, we weasel away. So all right. So all right, the show, the stones go on a little bit after eight. We get there about 6 30 or so something
3: is like there that. is there any kind of opening band or is it just the stones yeah no
0: Phoebe Bridgers went on before we went before we got there when we got okay. there the war on drugs was on all right and i have to admit that i was not familiar with their work but i chilled and listened to them and i liked what i heard of them i mean i okay. i didn't know any of it and like when i heard it it's not like oh i've heard that on the radio because i don't i don't listen to the radio you know so <laughs> would they play the War on Drugs, I'd probably not, you know. So I I, no, it's the first time I'd ever really heard them. But from what I heard, I did like them. It would be worth it for me to go explore a little bit more about them. It was cool as rock, but it was also kind of mellow. I, I liked it.
3: Okay, well that's that's good. That's at least a good intro into it. There's nothing worse than going to a show with an opening band and you're just like, wait, can this be over now, please?
0: I know. I know, so you know we you know we get in there. There's a big you know kind of it's like going to Disney World. The weaving through yeah. the, the things, but because we at the time we got there, it's not like we really sat in line. It's, we had to go through all that you know, it around that thing as they kind of fed us through there. We mm-hmm. went to the metal detector. We get there and then you it opens up. to it's a big green space, but then there's all these food spots around. You know, there's a there's a big thing that spins people around with big carnival things. There's an American Express, you know, tent come in, be a VIP, you know, that kind of thing going on. And then they had all these food and food trucks. And they also had like built-in restaurants, places where you go get beers. I mean, just what you would think of like a holiday festival, um, kind of thing, like a like a Christmas carnival or something like that, except it's in the summer. And and yeah, huge space for all that. So we we had to sift through all that. We did eat a little bit before we went in. So, we had our food and then we walked basically to the very back of the lawn and sat down okay. there. And so, it's almost like a big horseshoe. And then on the outsides, yeah, there's places you can buy merch. The merch line was like, my God, crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, we're not sitting there. But we brought a blanket, you know, we got a couple of, you know, drinks. And we, so, we lay down there and just listened to the band and hope that it didn't rain because it was pretty ominous for a little while there. It was, yeah. You know, pretty black. We did feel a couple of little sprinkles. Fact of the matter is, I was in shorts and a t shirt. It never hit 70 degrees, and I was pretty comfortable. Had it rained, I might have been unhappily cold, but, uh, but it didn't. It held off. It was a beautiful British summer night. And so we chilled out there. I got the wolf uh, cup and ice cream, and we just kind of waited. And then, you know, a little after eight, we just rolled up the, the blanket, and then I walked us way down forward, a little bit off to the side, but way down forward, and just found us a good spot. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you, you want to find a spot where people aren't always walking in front of you. You want to find a spot that's safe for the little one. I've actually met some cool people. I never got their names, but they're up from around Birmingham. A guy, and he had a few women with him, and they were just kind of, they are about, about our age, you know, maybe a little younger. Yeah, I don't know, 50-ish maybe. They're having a good time. They're dancing. They knew the songs. Like, they were the folks who were there for the right reasons. They're not, you know. There to get hammered. They're not there to, you know, be jerks. They're, you know, they're there to sing along and, and have a good time.
3: Mm. So
0: we, we positioned ourselves there, and uh and from there we are off and running.
3: Yeah, that's always the the interesting dynamic in a show like that because you want to get you want to get close enough where you're comfortable, but you don't want to get to the close where it's like, okay, now everybody's packed on top of me, especially with a child. Yeah, just you got to keep her you know, away and happy. And yeah, you want to, but I guess at, at a certain part in a certain point in time,
1: mm-hmm. you
3: have to realize that you're not going to be front row. So you have to be okay. You know, the, the screens are going to be there. So you kind of have to, again, position yourself where you want to see the stage, but if not, then you've got the screens there to kind of help the concert along.
0: Yeah, and and at the end of the day, we're still pretty darn far away. I mean, Mm. remember our seats for Voodoo Lounge at the Big Sombrero? We were upstairs in Tampa. We were way closer there than I was last night. Okay. Wow, wow. You know, Okay. uh, I mean, I I could make them out on the stage. I could say, okay, yeah, that's Mick. Or like when Sasha came down in her (laughs) sparkly dress, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's Sasha. Okay. How was the uh, sound, though? Okay, well, it did take them a little while to work it out, because the the first couple songs, some things were in and out, uh, and it did did take a little time to fix it, because obviously there's a bit of delay, we're a little far away. But by Tumbling Dice, by the third song, they worked it out. Um, Okay. And I got to tell you, sometimes Mick was coming through, they didn't have the backing people on, it was just Mick, and sometimes they kind of turned Mick up maybe a little too high. But Mick sounded amazing. (laughs) Mick sounded so good, too. He turned 79 next month. And last week he had COVID.
3: There, there was somebody, I can't remember who it was. I, I want to say it was Bill Burr, but it, it could have been somebody else like that. It, it, he was in a, he was in a hotel in Boston and he goes down to the gym of the hotel and there's mm-hmm. Mick Jagger. And he's like, it's like six 30 in the morning. And this mm-hmm. dude, he's got, I think he had a trainer with him, but the dude is no joke. I mean, he's, he's all in, he's fit. He's working out every day. It, it's amazing. But then you see a show like this and you say, well, it pays off because he's not, you know, a cripple, you know, he's still running and jumping and, you know, has the Mick Jagger energy.
0: I know it was, it was awesome. And my, my wife is like, look at his energy. Like she gets off on that. Right. She wants to, to feel like who's (laughs) leading the way. Like what's the vibe here? And I want it to be positive and she wants to be up, you know? Uh, And she's like, wow, wasn't he amazing? I'm like, yeah, he's the, he's the price of admission. He's the Mm -hmm. show. He's the best front man there's ever been. I mean,
3: You'd have a hard time arguing against that just for just for the longevity and the you know, you're right, like he he gets the crowd into it. You know, you've kind of you've got Keith and then you've got you know Ronnie Wood who kind of lend the cool factor to it, but he's the yeah. one he's the one that gets the crowd going.
0: Yes, absolutely. It's why there's so many women in the crowd over the years.
3: Correct. You
0: know, Correct. I mean the riffs are amazing, Keith, but uh, <laughs> Look around, man. There's there's women all over the Stone shows. Always <laughs> have been, you know. It's it's pretty fun. And you know, I could bring my kid. She uh, was eight. And you know, I mean, versus when I first took her to see Kiss when she was four, when I think the whole thing was very overwhelming to her. Now she, uh, I mean, this is something she's going to remember, you know. And she really yeah. participated in it and basically got to see, the, for the most part, the whole show. We'll talk about the getaway later, but okay. she got to dance. She got to get up on my shoulders. She got to hang out in the blanket beforehand, just chilling out, you know, soaking in the vibe of all the people, having ice cream, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, I mean, it's the biggest show she's been to. I mean, I hadn't been to an 85,000 person concert when I was eight. Yeah, I, I'm trying
3: to think of the last time I was in a venue with that many people and it, it was probably a football game with a hundred thousand people college football that's mm-hmm. a lot of like you don't know, really think is. you you think you're ready for it and then you get them say wow this is a lot of humanity packed <laughs> into a relatively small space
0: but the thing is that a football game i mean everybody has seats and there are walkways and steps right. and stuff like that like this yeah. is how it all files up ultimately you're just on a huge patch of grass you know and there are paved walkways throughout that part of Hyde Park, so during the warm up, those tended to stay walkways. Nobody was on it, but by the show time, the show was in full swing. People were, you know, were claiming their spots there because you know yeah. it's a free spot. Yeah, you know? yeah. All right, so we're up on the right side. Uh-huh. they do a little bit of a Charlie tribute before the show, showing pictures of Charlie and everybody smiling and him playing stuff like that, and then they come out. To Street Fighting Man, and so anytime you mention the name of the town you're in in the song, it always goes yeah. over big. <laughs> uh, not the Street Fighting Man wouldn't have, but yeah, no, came right out kicking it, uh, and uh, you know, and we were off and running. Big visuals on the big screens, you know. Everybody's got the colorful first clothes on, you know, first, yeah, because uh, everybody's got to, you know. Pull stuff off or put new stuff all throughout the show. Everybody gets a little wardrobe change at some point, it seems. But Street Fighter Man, I don't know. That's one of your favorites, isn't it? I do. I love
3: that. I love the fact that they still play it. It's it's a it's a good. You know what it is right off the bat. You know from the from the intro, so you can kind of get pumped up and you know everywhere. You know, but the there's no place for a street fighting man in London town. And yeah, everybody's psyched and it's a great, I mean, you could do start me up, I guess that would be a, that would be a great, I've done it before. Yeah. That would be a great intro song, but something about that. That's like old school. I mean, it's, I, I don't know what year it was, but it was 60 something. I mean, it's, yeah. it's been around for a long time. Yeah. I love that song.
0: Yeah. It was at 67 or 68. I feel like something like that it was before let it bleed. wasn't it,
3: I think so, yeah.
0: Yeah. So uh, so they come right out with that and you're right, that's a 60s song. But then they do 19th nervous breakdown which is like god, that's like 64, 65. Yeah. That's really old, man. I don't a know if I've seen that one before or not. Yeah, deep
3: dive into the catalog right off the bat.
0: Yeah, I mean that's god, that's got to be 58 years old that song, something like that, 57. Uh-huh. Crazy. So so they did that. Now, listen, I did notice cuz because Mick was out there dancing and running around and stuff okay yeah he's addressing the crowd. He's a little out of breath out of the second after the second song. He's a little because okay. he's you know playing London huge gig right tens of thousands of people out there. the sun's up it's still beautiful. He's got all of his clothes on know, jacket and everything. So he runs around on the first two songs well, thank you very much you know like, okay well see. It's not, you know, he's, he's not superhuman, because he did right. have COVID last week. They did play on Tuesday night. When I was at Yes, they played Milan. But, uh, and that seemed to go over pretty well. But, but So he's had some time to not only do a show previously, but to recover even more. But, you know, he needed a little, he needed a little bit of a break there. Uh-huh. Um, and then they get into one of my very favorites, Tumbling Dice.
3: Well, I mean, we did the whole... Yeah, that that's that's we've we've done the whole thing about how that could be perhaps the greatest, uh, yeah, one of the greatest songs they've ever done. Oh yeah, yeah, just, just yeah, and, and again, you start you know instantly what it is as soon as they start off with the riff, and it, it, that's that like kind of a cool thing too because it's it's that's a little bit of a slowdown. Exactly. So I think that's probably what Mick needed at that point in time.
0: Probably so, but it means he was yeah. really giving it up for the first two, man. Yeah. It's 78, about to be 79 next month as we're recording this, man. I can't, I can't imagine anyone else doing what he's doing. I really can't. It's, it's unbelievable. Uh, but then, yeah, Tumbling Dice. I mean, Tumbling Dice is one of the, like, eight or ten songs they have to play, I feel like. You know, they, they, they can mix up the set list in a lot of different ways, but there's some they have to play, and Tumbling Dice is just one of them.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, we did the whole, we did the whole episode on that record.
2: On Exile.
3: Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it it just holds up. It sounds great. And, you know, could it, could that be the greatest point in the Rolling Stones history and arguably we've been down that road before. So yeah, that's a, that's a great uh, addition to the, I mean, I I didn't have a chance to look. Is this pretty much the, the set list they've been doing the whole time?
0: So I'll get into that, because yeah, some, some pieces are pretty much the same every night, but there's something uh-huh. they switch out every night, and obviously Keith has some leeway in what he plays. But for the most part, yeah, Street Fighting Man, 19th Nervous Breakdown, and Tumlin' Dice have been kind of the way they started. I, I think they did Sad, Sad, Sad. Oh, okay, from Steel Wheels. In, yeah, uh, on uh, June 1st, you know okay. I mean? um, but I haven't seen that too much. But, you know, all right. So, a couple of songs from the 60s. Tumblin Dice is 72. Next, they do Out of Time. Okay. So, can we thank Quentin Tarantino for them doing this now? Because it played such a big role in What's Upon a Time in Hollywood? Because they've never played this before. Gonna, probably, yeah. Right? Yeah. I said that to my wife. I don't think she remembered it from the movie. Uh, but I'm like, I, because they're doing this every night, this is like part of it now. And, it's, and they do it really old school, almost sounds kind of Motown-y with the piano. Oh, nice. Um, and, and they extend it out. But, I mean, it's one of those songs, man. I mean, you know, it's one of those 60 songs that was probably two minutes and 14 seconds or
1: something.
0: <laughs> and it only has about, you know, 12 different words the whole song, you know. And a lot of it's, baby, 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 you're out of They do that like 50 times. And let the Wolf cub sing along. It's something she could pick up after the second time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not real complicated. doesn't have some kind of odd entendre that, you know, she's not going to pick up on. It's just.
3: Right. It's just maybe
0: yes. we're out of time, you know, but.
3: Yeah. What was that? That was off like aftermath or something, wasn't it? I mean, that's old. That's a deep dive. So yeah, I would, I would say you're right. There's no way they would have broken that out if it hadn't
0: been in the movie. Uh, I'm thinking that, you know, I mean, that kind of gave it. And you know, how else are you going to get? I mean, Martin Scorsese's already done everything he can for like the Stones between Let It Bleed and Exile. I mean, you know, those songs are out there. None of those are going to sneak up on anybody anymore. But right. bring it back out of time, you know, it's kind of got that old timey Motown vibe to it. Big call on Tarantino's part. I'm glad the Stones are there to be like, yeah that's our song we'll, we'll give it to you yeah we'll show you how I,
3: it. <laughs> yeah and i wonder too if they you know they heard that they saw the, the all the hype with the movie and said yeah that's i i kind of forgot about that you, th- i have to imagine that at this point in time there are songs that somebody would bring up oh yeah i remember that from a million years ago right yeah oh so, yeah i'm glad that they they could dust that one off and throw it back in the rotation
0: Yeah, so, well, I don't know, it said live debut back on the first date, June 1st, or whatever it was. Okay. Does that mean they've never done it before, it's just they haven't done it since the 60s? I don't know.
3: It it could be, yeah. I mean, well, you mean, you figure back then, they were putting out records, you know, every, what, six months or something, so who knows? It could have just been lost.
0: Maybe so, yeah. Uh, So, uh, but, hey, chalk it up is one that I'd not seen live before, Uh, right, you know? Yeah. You know, if we go see Kiss... They're not going to play anything I haven't already seen a play before. Like, I've right. played all those many, many times. Exactly. The Stones have certain songs they have to play. We'll get into those. But they can mix it up a little bit. Yes. And they can resurrect things like Out of Time. Mm. Uh, and they also, you know, they do a fan vote and let people vote for the, the songs that they'd like to hear. Lot. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we get. Uh, uh, and, and they can mix in certain songs. And so this gets to the point, those four songs are usually about the same so far on this tour. Okay. I break into She's a Rainbow is kind mm-hmm. of uh, to, to mix it up here. And of course, uh, my girls love that one. huh. I played that for the Wolf Cup many times. So <laughs> she's a Rainbow song. What's interesting was because it was threatening to rain and it did drizzle a little bit. Oh. Uh-huh. Two songs before they played that, there was a big rainbow right over the stage. All right, all right, excellent. Well,
3: that's always the that's all. And I was thinking about that when you were talking about going to the show. That's always the wild card with an outdoor show. You just, I mean, if you're in the if you're in the uh, you know what a Superdome, you know it's going to be seventy two degrees and no problems. If it rains, it rains. It's something like this. You got to go on. So I'm glad you had a good time. And that is cool when you had the the rainbow as the X factor there.
0: Yeah, and Ronnie was sitting down playing something. It wasn't steel. Is it harpsichord? What do you, what's that sound on "She's a Rainbow"? Do you? I know? believe well, on the record, I believe it's a harpsichord. Yes. Uh, so I guess that's what that was. And I got to tell you, Ronnie played a lot of Les Paul's last night. Nice. I was talking to the dude the next the dude from Birmingham. It was pretty cool because you don't see that much. And he knew when Keith pulled out certain. Guitars, like what song was coming up? Like you can tell when he pulls. Wow. Up, okay. other body's like, or he calls up. Well, if the Telecaster's back, it's like, oh no, wait, what's that? That's like a Les Paul. G, What is that? Is he gonna? I mean, so we, but well, we kind of bonded over that. But but Ronnie was on a lot of Les Pauls. And a tobacco sunburst for several songs, and I thought he sounded really good last night.
3: See that—that's interesting because for a while he was—I know he was—he had an ESP, I think, endorsement, and he would use the—I don't know what the model was, but it looked like a strap, but it was an ESP. So it's interesting that he's back with with Les Pauls now.
0: Yeah, and I man, of course he could do pretty much well. Ones anyway. Right. <laughs> It, it, it may have to. It may be obligated to play it on certain songs, but there's certain songs that he'll be like, "Yeah, Buzz Paul just sounds right." Yeah, but uh, but so that was that was a good one. It was a good way to mix mix up the set, right? You know, mm. but still, you know, here we are about to go to the sixth song, which is "You Can't Always Get What You Want." That might be one of the ones they have to play. I
3: think so. Yeah, and and uh, I was actually it was interesting. I was telling my wife on our tour of London, we did go past the drugstore. Where you got the, the soda McDonald's.
2: With Mr. Jimmy. Yeah. I was thinking about that, dude. I was thinking
0: <laughs> back over on the tour, went to Chelsea, went past McDonald's, which used to be the Chelsea drugstore.
3: <laughs> the story is a lot cooler than actually seeing the building now, but that's fine.
0: Yeah. But was you know, within the first, you know, few songs, Mick, you know, was talking about how good it is to be back in London and uh uh-huh. You know, how it's because of, you know, certain whale strikes and things like that, it's not the easiest place to get to anymore. And really thanked everybody for coming out and supporting us and was very gracious about it and you know, joked how BST Summertime Festival where they're doing this in Hyde Park, plus Glastonbury's going on this weekend. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's like it's so good to see young up and coming bands like Elton John and <laughs> Paul McCartney and <laughs> the Rolling Stones being able to get out here and you know, <laughs> Give us a chance, you know. <laughs> but you know, apparently, Elton John's was crazy, like more than sold out, and people were gathering around the outside fences just to listen in. You know, wow. And there's some of that for the Stones, but but not not as much. But you no, know, they, they he did Mick did remark, and this was something that I kind of took to heart. Was okay. It was about sixty years ago that we found a drummer from Wembley called Charlie Watts. Oh boy. And then we went around not too far from here to the Marquee Club to do our first show as The Rolling Stones. And he goes, and this is the first time we've ever played London without Charlie.
3: Oh jeez. And I'm
0: like, wow, man. Um, I'm here for that.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh I, I mean, and I always said I would never go after uh-huh. Charlie died. Because you knew him, or or he quit because he's just like, that's it, I can't do it. And Mick's like, nope, we're, we're still gonna go. I always said no. Once that happened, that's when I was off. And honestly, dude, I saw them—I don't know what was it—16 years ago when they played Churchill Downs, mm-hmm. um, uh, or it may not have been that long ago. But anyway, I, I was there, and I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm not going to go chase after the Stones anymore. I'm not going to like travel to see them. I've seen them six times in six different places. You know, it's expensive. You know, the scene, yeah. especially you want to do it right. I end up buying merch that I probably don't <laughs> need for souvenirs. You know, <laughs> stuff like that. So I'm like, I'm not going to chase them. I'm, I'm going to give my dollars to other bands. But if they come to my town, it's always a maybe. And it's, right. when, when I heard they're playing Hyde Park, and I can take my daughter. We can go to Hyde Park. I'm like, okay, I got to go. I got to go. It's not that expensive. It wasn't That's the thing. It's not even that expensive. And they had kids discounts for tickets. Oh, okay. Uh, which is cool. But no, I've definitely paid more to see them before. That's for sure. So, I mean, yeah, I was, I was happy to go. It's like a historic night, and then when I heard that and realized that, like this is the first time we've played London without Charlie's, the Rolling Stones, I was like, "Wow, man!" I'm because uh, they are playing again in a week, so they, they can't say that that night, right? It'll, right. That, so uh, yeah. It was a special moment to, to kind of realize that and, and
3: I wondered I wonder too you were talking about Elton John having people hanging off the rafters I really wonder if that would have been the same case had they were they only to play the one show
0: yeah that's that's uh, that's a fair point I guess yeah possibly I mean here's the thing you could walk into the outside thing and just sit out there without you know before you get to the ticket turnstiles uh-huh. they had acreage where people were just sitting out there for free, they couldn't see the screen, but they could hear a little. But you could hear it. Oh yeah, you, you could hear it across the street of the Marble Arch if you really wanted to. So yeah, they, there were thousands of people out there just chilling, no ticket needed. I guess. <laughs>
1: Hi, guys. This is Chris Slade, drummer of ACDC and many others. And you're listening to the ugly, I mean
3: really ugly,
1: Werewolf in London. (laughs) If you look for it, every day has cause for celebration. Celebrate a friend for their promotion baby wedding life thing. Celebrate yourself for keeping the couch warm. It's no easy feat, especially if it's a big couch. Or maybe you just want to celebrate living in 2023, where you can get beer, wine, and spirits delivered from Drizzly in under 60 minutes without leaving said couch. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com and get your favorite drinks delivered today.
0: Yeah, but you can't always get what you want. They could extend that out. Yeah. you know They could stop it and they could bring it back and stuff. So, I mean, they played... 19 songs, but it was over two hours. So some of these, they really kind of stretched them out a little bit, you know, but so all right, So that's through six. And the newest song was Tumbling Dice from 1972, and
1: everything
0: else. <laughs> <laughs> the first six songs were from the 60s. Yeah. So it's time to mix it up a little bit. They go into the new song, yeah. in the Ghost Town. Uh, and I bought the single when it came out just because I was like, well, geez, I mean, I don't know, I, I'm in London and I can't go see shows. And The Stones just made a new single. Why not get it? You know. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I did know the song, and they do a little, ooh, you know, give that kind of ghost howl or boo through it yeah that gave a little you know call and repeat with the audience so that got mm-hmm. them going quite a bit <clears throat> something the wolf cup could could sing back a little bit you know yeah um you know i mean again now that's another one i could say i'd never seen them play that live before you know so right. two or three because i'm not sure about 19th nervous breakdown but two or three out of seven i'd never seen him play before man so that's that's pretty cool Straight out of the gate, sunshine is still pouring down on the stage. It was great, but then this might be the most special point of the show. They break into "Can't You Hear Me Knocking?" All right, B I G T I M E, Big Time, man. <laughs> God, it was so good. The riff and Keith was just dirty on it. Mm, 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 mm. Oh, went, oh man, I love that. I was I was doing my air guitar all over the Wolf Cub's head and her back and stuff. It's, it's like that, eh? I couldn't help it. I was, I was really getting into it.
3: Now you talked about tumbling dice from that era, from Exile on Main Street. Can you hear me knocking from Sticky Fingers?
0: Oh man!
3: But just that has to be, has to be top. Maybe even five. Maybe even three oh. iconic riffs of all time. Oh, that man. riff is just. You know exactly what it is. it's so mean, it's so dirty. Oh, I love it, yeah. Oh
0: my god, it's so good! <laughs> and the way that because it's not it's not exactly the same every time as you come in, right? You uh-huh. do a little different thing, and, and on the right. one just a little bit, you know, to hear it do it just right. I was like, oh man, <laughs> that is so good. And the average fan may be like, oh, that's kind of cool, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish they might play, you know, get off of my cloud or you know, something like that.
3: Waiting for a friend.
0: You know what though, man, I, I would love them to play that song. I mean, I definitely <laughs> would, but I, I would love them to play that song. But no, so it knocked me out. And of course at the end, they can kind of go off on it a little bit yeah. you know, and do a little jam there. So so that was cool. i I've learned that it's the first time since 2016 that they played that song. So first time huh. in years, they broke that out. Okay. I saw them play it back in the day. I think it seems a little Licks tour when I got to see him at the Aragon Ballroom. I'm pretty sure they broke that one out. It was really good too. And Bobby Keys was still with us back then, so he could he could get out on the sacks a little bit there. So that's so that's great. So now we're we're rolling now. Um, and then it gets into one of the obligatory ten or so honky tonk women. Yeah, and because you hear it straight from the bell, right? Or the, yeah, or Keith just he's open, right? He's not even got any. His left hand is not even on the. <laughs> <laughs> Mm, mm, mm. (laughs) It was at this point I decided to put my daughter on my shoulders. I have a bad back, so I couldn't keep her up there the whole show, Mm. or even like multiple, multiple times in the show, but I'm like, God, if I'm taking my child, my eight-year-old to the Rolling Stones, i got to put her on my shoulder. For a song or two, got to find something, right? And as soon as they hit that one, I'm like, okay, I guess that's that's the one, you know. It's my little honky-tonk girl, just stick her right up on my shoulders. And she's like wow because you know suddenly there's nobody in front of her there's no right. head no one's butt uh-huh. like no one, nothing <laughs> <laughs> and she can see the stage in its beauty there's this big tree in the middle of the stage left for us stage right for the band a faux tree oh okay but but big old tree that's kind of part of the stage that it, it's there for everybody right it's it's there for every band that'll do this over the next however many weeks but uh Uh, but so she can see that she can see the screens. They can see the art and stuff that's going on up there. Yeah. See the the band a lot more clearly. And plus I can, I can bounce with her a little bit on my shoulders Uh, and everybody's like, Point at her like, yeah, man, look at like a rocker, you know, and giving high fives and stuff like that. So, I mean, I, I might not have seen them. They, maybe they play that in the Aragon. I'm not sure, but I mean, I guarantee you, the other five times I saw them play, they played that. I mean, they they have to play honky tonk women.
3: I think, yeah, I think that's pretty. That's pretty obligatory at this point in time. Um, yeah. You know, one of those ones where it's like it's it's not a. It's kind of a deeper cut, but not really. I mean, I right. think most most people that would that would go to see that show would know that pretty instantly from the the intro riff to it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, they they have to do that. Remember when they had the blow up dolls on the Steel Wheels tour?
3: I, I do. Yes. <laughs> do they not have the blow up dolls anymore? No, they don't. That's no. a little more family friendly then.
0: I don't know. I thought the blow up dolls were adorable. <laughs> Seriously, you know, it was part of the big stage. Like, what all can we do in 1989? You know, it's because now, because the screens are so amazing, right? I mean, you can put anything behind the screen. Obviously, you can show the band doing their thing. But you can put any kind of video, any kind of animation, Mm -hmm. anything on that screen. And it's ginormous, right? So,
3: Well, you're right. I mean, it it makes it. It makes it much easier to do a huge show other than you mentioned, you know, the 89 Steel Wheels Urban Jungle Tour. I mean, that the the stage was so massive on that thing, because you're right, they couldn't have it on there. But, you know, it, you were talking about getting, being in the crowd and not being up close. Somebody told me, I can't remember who it was. They went and saw Kiss on one of the tours and they were like right up front. They thought, mm-hmm. wow, this is going to be really cool. It really wasn't because you couldn't see any of the screens. Right. You, you saw like, you, you saw Gene come out with the, with the thing attached to him on his back. So you knew he was going to fly away. So like it kind of, it almost kind of lost... You know, it, they they could see. I, it might have been the reunion tour with Peter Chris, and you could see him not wearing the boots behind the drummer. So it's like you lose a little bit of that, the magic. You kind of want to if it's, the show is that big. You want to be back to see the whole the whole experience. No, you're not going to see Mick Jagger up close, but you know, you just look at him on the know, what's going on, on the screen.
0: Moves the way he moves, so you can see him gyrate. And you can see yeah. him because you know, <laughs> no one else can do it. All right, so after Honky Tonk, that's when he introduces the band. Okay. And, and, of course, we know after you do band intros that it's Keith's turn.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: but because, like, during the day, I, I had uh, Wolf Cub take a little nap with me on the couch so she wouldn't get tired by the time they were, like, halfway through, right? You need to prepare. We, that's right. So we put on no security from San Jose Live 1999. Okay. So I can show her kind of what they look like a little bit, you know, get used to some of the songs and things like that. And and, and then they go through the introductions. I said, okay, well, first they introduce the horns. Okay. Then they do the backup singers. Then it's Chuck. Then it's Daryl. And then they do the band, Charlie, Ronnie, Keith. And And then when they were doing it, she's like, and now they're going to do the backup singers that He's like, yes, that's right, honey. You know, so they did the horns, they did the backup singers, uh-huh. they did Daryl, and then they skipped to Ronnie. They skipped over Steve Jordan, Mick, I should say, forgot Steve, because Steve not only took Charlie Spott on stage, he took the order in which he was announced on stage, right? So Okay, yeah. Still Daryl first, then it's Steve. Well, Mick skipped Steve and did Ronnie, and Ronnie had to let him know, hey, you've got somebody. He's like, oh, I'm very sorry. Ronnie here, why don't you do it? And then Ronnie started acting silly and being Ronnie and running around, yeah. goofing off. He's like, okay, I'm sick of waiting for you, Ronnie. Uh on the jo- <laughs> Eve Jordan, you know. And he did get a big round. And then Keith comes on, of course. Keith- well,
3: no, no, wait, 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 wait. Before before you get into that, what I what I was gonna say, what I really love is when because so mick does the whole band except for himself and then ronnie will come on and do mick and there's nothing better than when he gets them with one of the with one of the things you could see Mick just like really you really just said that
0: the very expensive yeah. guy <laughs> mick jagger
3: <laughs>
0: yeah i remember once he said not a bad harp player yeah mick jagger he goes oh thank you Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> He didn't introduce him last night though oh really okay he didn't do that I guess because Ronnie's off goofing off
3: <laughs> he missed his chance
0: but Keith comes so then Keith kind of walks down this big ramp because there's a stage right and then there's a big ramp down and then there's a place where they're like a little runway that's closer to the people I guess okay so Keith kind of walks saunters about halfway down that just to kind of wave and say hi no guitar just Keith you know' just, hi hello you know and then he walks back up and they come out and bring out. I think it was like a big black Gibson that he played Slip It Away on. Okay. And I was I was psyched. It's not the first time he's done it on this tour, but and I have seen him do it before, but I, I love that. It's from Steel Wheels. It was right in the era of when he did Talk is Cheap, you know. Right. And and I I really liked it. And he did croon it out too. Mick's voice sounded good. When Keith was actually singing, sometimes he would take a break and sometimes he would sing off mic and then he would get back on the mic and <laughs> But when he was really singing on the mic he did sound pretty good and that's a crooner for him.
3: Yeah. Yeah and I, and I like that that they I mean he's got a he's got a bank of even he has songs that you know you kind of have to play all the time. Like I'm him. glad they brought out kind of a deep track from him. That's nice.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, you know. And then of course I was hoping cuz he gets two songs and he's played connection most every time on this tour. Not every time, okay. but most every time on this tour. Yeah. Ever since we were in college, and I had Keith and the Winos live at the L.A. Was it the Palladium?
3: Yeah, the Palladium.
0: Palladium, and and we on cassette. <laughs> yeah. Had it on cassette, and we, we rewind it and listen to to it over and over. Because Steve Jordan was with the Winos right, and he set that beat. Yeah. Boom, bop, pop. Yeah. And that that's what kind of drives the song. I love the riff, and I love the singing. But that was it. So the guy next to me, I'm like, oh, and, and, my, and I started filming on my camera. I'm not the guy who films the whole show, but there's some uh-huh. parts I want to get bits of. And I'm like, and you can hear me on the video saying to my daughter, if he's going to do it, honey, he's going to do it now. Mm-hmm. I have, because on the way over, like, what song do you want to hear? I'm like, I want to hear Connection. I want to yep. hear Keith do Connection. I've always wanted it. So. They switch out his guitar, and it's this kind of yellow. Again, it's almost like a. it wasn't a Les Paul Jr. It was some kind of Gibson-looking thing, though. And then you heard the pop, 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 pop. I'm like, oh, yes, it
3: uh, is. Yes. Here
0: we go. I'm like, there it is. There's the riff. All I want to do. And he was, he was singing really well. Now, what was cool about it, though, Jackson, was that he did extend that song, too. Because that's um, a pretty short song. That was on Between the Buttons. Right. Pretty short song. So between like, is it the first and second verse? I think it is. Because they kind of do the chorus. Then they do the first verse. Then they do the chorus again. Instead of going into the second verse, they went into a, a like a little bit of a solo. So he and Ronnie traded a little bit for maybe... Oh, nice. You know, there. So I'd never seen that before. So I'm like, that's just more connection. That's awesome. That's really good. And then they go into the second verse or whatever and then they do the, the chorus some more they do some more jamming they extend it out the dude next to me knew the lyrics too not everybody knows connection that's when i knew i was with the right people not only people who were there for the right reasons and knew the right songs but you know I was watching out for my daughter and me and you know when idiots would go by he would shove them off. i was like get out of here you know kind of <laughs> like yeah move along moron i'm like yeah all right this is the right people to be with so singing that top of my lungs so happy to do it. Not everybody knew it. My daughter was happy because I was happy. Ah, it was awesome. It was a great, great, great moment.
3: Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad they did that one too because I had never heard that song before until the the Winos Live record came out, and it was one of those like, yeah, why did I, why have I never heard that before? And I'll be honest, I've listened to Between the Buttons the version of it. It's okay. I mean, you, it's a Keith song, whatever. But yeah, he did, the way that they the way that they played it that night made it so much better. And I can imagine that hearing it live again, like you said, you didn't know what I mean, is he going to do it? Is he not going to do it? He's got plenty of other songs he can play, yep, yeah, to to go into say, you know again, you know exactly what it is when that beat comes in, like, yes, yeah. thank you so much
0: yes, yes and yes.
3: and and then and well, okay, so then that goes into a whole other thing about going to a concert. There's nothing worse. Then go into a concert where the crowd is like meh. So to be there with people, I mean, I'm not saying the rest of the crowd, I have no idea, but right. the people that at least were around you were excited and they knew what this was too. That just adds to the experience of yeah, that was a great night to have fans there.
0: No, yeah, absolutely. You know, and I honestly, I credited Steve Jordan. Um, he's, he's the one who helped bring that thing back to life back in 1988 with the Winos. And and, and I miss Charlie. I wish he was there last night. Absolutely, but. Him on that beat, he he puts the beat into that song. Um, that's why it came off live, and that's why I mean he, he's playing it most every night now because and it is extending it a little bit with the extra guitar bits with Ronnie. So it, it's again, it's something special. But so then number eleven is that the third or fourth song that I'd never heard them play before. Uh, yeah, third or fourth song I'd never heard them play before. Man, that's that's so awesome. It was Keith. The only thing that was missing was you, Jackson. Had you been there, would have been. <laughs> uh, my head would explode. I told my daughter afterwards, "Okay, I can die happy now." I saw him do connection <laughs> live. Now, speaking from one killer beat to fall on the floor. Yeah, f- and for the most part, everything after this, they pretty much do it the same every night. They mix okay. the order a little bit, but all these songs they play, and these are the ones. Some of the ones they kind of have to play, but they, they go into "Miss You." And my God, can white people dance to fall on the floor, man. They, <laughs> as soon as they hear that pop, pop, you know, it's like we know how to move to this stuff. All Everyone in front of us was doing it. I was encouraging my daughter, yeah, do it. It's not like you're going to look dumb next to these people. <laughs> Just be yourself, honey. The other dancer, and she was grooving. Boom, boom, boom. Mick <laughs> did point out to Daryl, hey, can anybody play some bass like Daryl? He, I don't know if he turned himself up, and they turned up the mix. But he was like, really, thumping and slapping the thing, and really nice. putting some sound on. I'm like, yeah, Daryl, you're the coolest. <laughs> he's he's almost been in the band as long as bill wyman
3: yeah that's it that's insane it is insane to think that what was that 90
0: well the record came out i'm gonna say yeah. I'm starting to record it with him in 93 so 93 to 2022 or 62 to 91 or two that that bill wyman yeah, was
3: one or playing. two yeah because he he went he did steal wheels and then he did the tour and then that was it
0: yep yeah, was, so. yeah. I, it,
3: I mean, I understand. It. I don't know that that kind of that rubs me the wrong way a little bit. They should they should make him a full on member, but whatever. That's
0: English, I guess.
3: Yeah, and, and at this point in time, it's like I, I'm sure that I mean he's still there, so I'm sure they pay him very well. I but so. I mean, I, I consider at this point in time, I definitely consider him part of the band.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely, no doubt about it. Yeah, he deserves everything he gets. But so issue, you, you had the disco hit. What's that from? <laughs> Some girls 78. So that's one of the newer, one of the newer songs play, <laughs> uh, before we get into Midnight Rambler. And of course, you know, this is a crowd favorite that you can really stretch out yeah. and yeah. make it, pick up the harp and, and really go off on it. And that that got my daughter excited, too, because when we were watching those he's like, wow, he's really good at the harmonic. I'm like, yeah, he should do that more. You're going to I hope you get to see him do some of it tonight. And he did. He was great on Midnight Rambler.
3: Yeah, there. We were talking about uh, Voodoo Lounge. That the song that came off of that, "Love Is Strong." I know that that it's it's not the greatest song they've ever done, but he wails it on the harp. So that's one of those like, yeah, I'll listen to it probably for that aspect. Mm-hmm. But yeah, w- when he gets going, it's you forget about that because he's he's everything else. And then it's like, oh yeah, he really can play the harmonica. Probably yeah, ten best
0: in rock and roll. He's he's awfully good at it. Yeah. yeah. And, and I was thinking that he was really blowing it. I'm like, God, he had COVID last week. He's in his 70s. And he was really blowing on that thing. I'm like. It's the cardio. Yeah, man. It really is. He's, he has kept good care of himself. He sounded great. Mick Jagger deserves everything he gets. And he has plenty. But I've earned yeah. it all, you know. <laughs> all the women, all the money, all the adulation. Deserves
3: every bit of it. I was thinking, I was taking the dog out this morning walking, you know, because I knew we were going to do this. When I was thinking about all the all the British invasion bands that had come and gone. I mean, they had some of them had big hits at the time and they just all for whatever reason fizzled out. The Rolling Stones are the greatest band that's ever been to hold it together that long to still be relevant, to yeah. still sell out Hyde Park. They're not playing the Lucky Horseshoe Casino in, you know, yeah yeah yeah. no they're they're playing sold out performances all over the world including eighty five thousand people probably more than once i mean i would imagine they'd have a pretty sizable crowd for the next show in 2022 uh
0: yeah probably so you know and they've already they already set things up for next year i feel like they've already lined up some stuff for next year so yeah unbelievable it's all going forward you know yeah and and honestly Another reason that I, 16 years ago, whenever that was, said, I'm not going to see the Stones anymore because I'm like, I've seen them and they're only getting older. I mean, mm-hmm. it's great to see them in their 40s and their 50s and their 60s. Like, okay, that's great. You know, at that point, it's more about the stage and the stuff, you know, than right. it's necessarily man, band. But it was worth it I mean they were really good obviously not everyone in the band is those three guys and and they've gotten younger in some spots but mm. Chuck's Chuck's old now how they outlived Lisa Fisher she had to retire the <laughs> foxy young thing on the steel wheels tour you know now they've she's she's you know retired to, to, to greener pastures it's amazing the longevity and then when they do something like paint it black, well, okay, so painted black, everyone loves painted black, and it's got this kind of haunting thing. So there's, there's, there's like they show the band in black and white on stage and stuff like that. Big rouser, you know. Again, another sixties painted black.
3: To me, that's always the Brian Jones callback because of the the sitar at the beginning, and just you know, it always makes me think. And we ta- I've talked about this before. You know, had he had he been able to hold himself together, what the band would have been. Just, just he he was the guy that was would push the different what would this sound like you know we could use this instrument on there so that song in particular always makes me think of him and what could have been
0: ah that's a good point yeah it's very from the era yeah yeah no that's cool you know but another i mean those two from the 60s again miss you yeah one of the newer ones but then start me up. I mean, I don't know. I I, 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 people love it. I, I do like it. But I, I kind of do want you to start with it. To be honest with you, nothing. Okay, man, was a bad way to do it. It's just like, what are we starting now that we're putting <laughs> songs in? <laughs> Is my question? I don't
3: know. <laughs> I often wonder about this one too because it, it that's that was the big one off Tattoo You yep. and Were the Stones done in nineteen whatever 78, 79 and then this that record comes out and it's gigantic and they're back all over again. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. I mean, it you have to play it at a time like this, like it has to be in the deal. But I agree with you. It is kind of a weird thing. Yeah, again, it's, we are. We're, we're already starting, Nick. Are we starting again? What's happening here? I need I a little bit of guidance, please.
0: That's right. <laughs> and and that's actually when the She-Wolf rejoined us, I think, was around Paint It Black. Because she left an hour before, maybe during She's a Rainbow or something like that, to go to the bathroom. And she said, like, well, I'm going to go ahead and jump in the t-shirt line. And she was oh, in that no. like 40 minutes or something like that. Now, she got me and the kid a, a stone souvenir, which is nice. But, but she missed half the show with us. I mean, she can still hear it, obviously. But... <laughs> She didn't get to hang out with us as much. But everyone likes Start Me Up, and I, you know, that's a good one. Now, usually at this point in the show so far on this tour, they would then go into Sympathy from the Devil. Okay. Tonight, they go into Gimme Shelter. Oh, okay. And I loved it. I was so happy. Obviously, forever, that has kind of always been, if someone asks you, what's your favorite Stone song? Without thinking about it, that's my reaction. Gimme Shelter, right? yeah. If I think about it, you know, there's probably something like All Down the Line or Can't You Hear Me Knock or something like that that could give it a run for its money. Like, there mm-hmm. has to be conversation around it, but like knee jerk gut reaction like, who's your favorite rock guitarist of all time? Yeah, Jimmy Page, Jimmy Page, yep. right? That's right. You know, maybe if I thought about it, I could put you know, argue for right, right. it, right? But yeah, but like, no thought, just yeah, just go, yes, it's a shelter, right? So, so I'm so glad that they did that because I'm like, we're not going to stay for the bitter end with the eight year old, we got to get the hell out of here <laughs> before all the masses start trampling out, right? So uh-huh. we got to do that. So they do Give Me Shelter, one of my favorite songs of all time. They they pull it out a little bit. They jam for a while. Obviously, it's about, you know, war and rape and murder. It's all just a shot away. Yeah. And then eventually, towards the end of the song, they're showing the Ukrainian flag waving and they're mm. bombing, you know, and the... Uh, apartment buildings you like crumbling and falling down stuff like that to just give you a little reminder that this is going on in our world it's not all that far away and something just to to count on blessings but remember you know there's it's great that we can gather like this but not everybody can
3: right yeah unfortunately still relevant today and and a lot closer where you are than we are here in the united states
0: Absolutely. It seems to be getting a little, it's a little uglier by the day over there. So, and I guess the meeting, there's a G7 meeting in, in Germany going on right now about mm-hmm. what to do about all that. So, so yeah, I mean, that's the Stones playing their role and trying to push for a better world through rock and roll music. Yeah. All right. So it's at that point, I'm like, okay, I saw my favorite song of all time. You know, I saw, let's just start walking out because it's going to take us a while just to get to the gate Right. Because uh, we we'd gotten down there relatively close. So I'm like, all right, took her to the hand, I'm the fullback. Yeah. She's Tony Dorset, you know, you're, she's right making a hole. Yeah. I'm Moose I'm Moose Johnson and she's Emmett <laughs> Smith, you know, and I'm just pushing people out of the way. I'm like, move, move, get out of the way, you know, I'm just bumping into people. They start playing Jumpin' Jack Flash. Well, that's one of the five they have to play, you know, it's one yeah. of the three they have to play Jumpin' Jack Flash. And I've seen him play it a lot. And, and it's not like I can't hear him do it, you know, while I'm mm-hmm. walking away. So. And we're all singing it, right? The whole crowd's singing it. That's why they're in a good mood. They're letting me push through them. And I found a pathway, and I just kind of took it. <laughs> and about halfway through Jumpin' Jack Flash, we kind of got past the mass of people. And we're to the back, where people were, you know, cleaning up the burger stands. And, you know, a few people were starting to file out. Or there were a couple of people, like, waiting for their friends to, to come find them or whatever. Walk a couple of hundred yards then to the gate, I'm listening to Jumpin' Jack Flash. I could turn around and see the big screens behind me. Walking out of there, my daughter's like, why are we leaving? They're still playing. You know, <laughs> I'm like, hey, look, trust me, I've done this a lot more than you have, and this getaway is going to be essential. And, that, and that's that's the hardest thing with
3: doing something like that with a child, because it's like, trust me, I understand you're amped up. I understand you want to be here, but get gonna, there's gonna be a there's gonna be the payback for this and yes. it's gonna be rough
0: we need to leave now we gotta go but yeah so uh so we, you know we heard jump jack flash and then as we were crossing out of the park and getting across the street you know everyone was screaming ah oh, more and more waiting for the encore <clears throat> and then i could hear him go into sympathy for the devil um uh-huh. so I'm, I'm glad they flip-flop give me shelter and sympathy because i i just love sympathy I, mean, I, I love give me shelter I like sympathy too but i've seen it in Right. You know, I if you, if you give me my choice, I got my choice. I figured I was pretty lucky for that. So as we started walking up the street, you could still hear it. <laughs> so that's cool, you know, so, uh, and then I'm like, well, they're gonna do satisfaction after that. So we just walk because look, and then coming down, coming south towards Hyde Park, Traffic was really backed up. Mm-hmm. And then going north out of there, nothing was coming. Nobody was coming out of there, right? Because there's nowhere to go. So so I'm like, all right, plan was let's just start walking and eventually we'll get a cab on the other side. Yeah. we trying to get down there. And like they don't want to get stuck in all that nonsense. And that's basically what we did. We crossed the street. We found a guy who could turn around and then take us home. Again, I was at home, A, before it was completely dark outside, and B, probably before the Stones left the stage. <laughs> and so yeah we were home by before 10 30 it's just like do you know what that was a great night i mean we were blessed with great weather i was with my family they sounded great uh it was just you figure i'm gonna stop doing this stuff eventually you know and then you have one good <laughs> one you're like no this is pretty good and well they play on the third right they play on the third <laughs> if i'm not in amsterdam <laughs> it's easy for me to just get one ticket and wander down there by myself
3: exactly uh,
0: You know they'll mix up some of the songs. I bet Keith plays two different songs.
3: Uh, that's starting to sound like a plan right there. There's nothing worse than staying till, I mean, you want to stay till the bitter end. You want to stay to see everything, but then yeah, just the mass of people trying to get out of there is just, I can't, I mean, I've been to more than one show at Giant Stadium where you're just sitting there like, oh, there's one road to get out of here. And mm-hmm. we just, you might as well just sit in the car because no one's going anywhere right now.
0: Exactly, you know, and with 80,000 people and they've been drinking now. yeah and, no no i and i've seen him play satisfaction i've right. seen it right you know it's like i, I get it yeah no i would, don't regret that at all uh so yeah i mean maybe uh just maybe although you were
3: talking about you were talking about keith before i love when they when he does the he comes walking down and he does the you know the waving and the fists and everything and then he goes back he this big long thing to go back to the microphone thank you <laughs> right yeah hey, all right hey we're we all good here and it's like. Uh, Okay, that was Keith. Thank you, Keith. Keith
0: Richards, everyone. (laughs) It was a really cool night. It was great. It was fun to be out in London. It's been a busy week. I was supposed to see Noel Gallagher last Sunday Uh on Hampstead Heath. I was sick, and I knew I needed to be well for both Yes, which was on Tuesday at Royal Albert Hall, and the Stones at Wembley. I mean, I had Stones at Hyde Park, but think about that week, man. I could see Yes at Royal Albert Hall, and then I get to see Stones High Park, and I had to sit out. Noel Gallagher and I have said, Heath, yeah, that is that is
3: kind of the, the luxury of living in a place like that where everybody, I mean, everybody's going to come through London. It's not one of those like, oh, well, you know, I drove for, I think there was somebody who, uh, who was it? I think it was on Twitter or something. Somebody posted that they had they had taken a train or something from Liverpool, two and a half, three hours or something to see to see that show. Mm-hmm. Like, well, that's that's a commitment right there. That's not a sixteen pound cab ride.
0: No, I mean and that's the thing. You know, with the the rail strike, I mean, you know, some people bought these tickets and then all of a sudden that you can't get down there. So how are you going to do it? But you know, with London, it just seems like there's a lot of roads to London. Yeah, a lot of people have places to stay. Like. Family or friends they can crash with if they need to, you know. So I don't know. I thought it was great. I mean, here's the thing, man. If it had been you and me, we could have walked home from Hyde Park in about okay. 45 minutes. Yeah. You know, I mean, we, we could have just hoofed it. Right. With those eight year old legs who were already up past their bedtime. And, you know, I'm, Correct. I'm not going to walk 45 minutes with her. I'm going to have to carry her half the way. Um, so, I mean, eventually we found the cab. But, I mean, yeah, you and I could have walked home or we could have gotten the cab the same way we did and then it would have taken us to the Clifton to have you <laughs> before they closed us down at eleven thirty or whatever, <laughs> post game post game review. But I mean right. You would have loved it, and and the only thing I think that would have been better had it would have, for me would have been had you also been there, man, because you would have loved it.
3: Yeah, it, it, I mean, it seems like it seems like it was a great night, great venue, great set list. Everybody had energy. You know, like you said, Charlie's no longer with us, but to have somebody who is eh, I don't want to say could basically just slide into his spot, but I mean, if there was anybody that could, it's Jordan. Yeah. I mean, just part of the family. You know, already. Correct, yeah. right? Yeah. Did they they didn't by any chance happen to show and the montage of Charlie Watts the little dance that he would do before before it backstage.
0: No, and it wasn't a real long one. It was it was basically him playing and him hugging with the guys and and uh-huh. stuff like that. It was yeah no it was uh, it was nice. It's kind of short and sweet. It it it, and it reminded me a lot of it's it's kind of exactly what Yes is doing for Alan White. Oh, okay. To be honest with you, it wasn't like seven minutes you know like some music and some pictures and video and you know basically we love you and and we're here we're soldiering on
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i i do love the videos of him doing that but then i really love the videos of him doing the dance and then keith kind of doing the you know not mocking him but like you know giving him a hard time because that was always his his way to get in the zone and, and do what he had to do Get Every night.
0: Yep. Yeah. Get the nervous energy going. Correct. Get the rhythm going. Yeah. No, it, it was a fun night. And it, like I said, so glad I got to take my daughter at eight years old. It'll be something she remembers. And she was having a ball. She was proud to be there at her first stone show. You know, um, I guess her mother it was her second. But and she's like, It's my first, it's mommy's second, it's daddy's the thousandth. I'm like, <laughs> My seventh, honey. You know, I, I I could have seen them a lot more, to be honest with you. I just decided that I was going to spend my concert resources elsewhere. But hey, will there be an eighth next week?
3: Uh could it be? Kind of, yeah. It sounded like that is more on the on the yes side than the no side. So we'll see.
0: Well, the plan was for me to be in Amsterdam. That is still a possibility. Okay, but if I don't go to Amsterdam, then I would s- not
3: be a would the, not be a bad consolation prize. The, the odds start to go up on my way in. I'd be interested if you do if you do that. Uh, the compare and contrast. You know how how is it different being by yourself, and then how is it? I mean, is the set list exactly the same? Is it different? I don't know. I would. I don't know what the logistics are in a venue that big of changing up the set
0: list. I, I'm going to guess one, two, three, four. Four of the songs will change, maybe five out of, okay. out of 19. And I'm assuming that Keith doesn't do Connection again, just because it's the same town, and he right. knows some people might come twice. I'm, I'm thinking, they'll move Can't You Hear Me Knocking out, they'll move She's a Rainbow out. But most of the rest, they could switch out something else, but not from Miss You on, they don't change that. Maybe they change the order, but they don't change Yeah, it.
3: and I think I think they would keep Living in a Ghost Town just because it's the latest uh, single they had.
0: Absolutely. You're going to keep Can't Always Get What You Want. You're going to keep Honky Tonk Women. They could maybe do Sad, Sad, Sad instead of Tumbling Dice. I don't know. I like that song. As much as I love Tumbling Dice, yeah. because I already saw it once, I would gladly even switch out Sad, Sad, Sad for that just to see it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, maybe I go to the other side, maybe I try to get closer, I don't know. Maybe I, if it's hot, maybe I just kind of stand at the back and just kind of like chill. I don't know. So, I mean, they did get off my cloud when they did Liverpool. They did, I want to be your man when they did Liverpool. Keith did, you got the silver, okay you know, and connection. Yeah. Um, So, you know, they, they mix it up a, a little bit in Munich. They did rocks off. They did Ruby Tuesday. Keith is slipping away in connection. So otherwise, it's you know it's pretty well the same. So I get three different songs, maybe four if I was lucky. I'd like mm-hmm. maybe they change it up just because they're playing the same town. They're gonna make they're gonna try to mix it up some, um, but we'll see.
3: Interesting. You're gonna buy the uh, you're gonna get the Ronnie Wood set list.
0: Already, yeah, I already bought it. I, yeah. I, I pre bought it. There was a thing that said if you're the first 500, you get a special pick. I'm like, well, I don't think I I don't think I was quick enough on the draw for that but by the time we got home he had already unveiled it on twitter because yeah for the show
3: yeah because you because you texted me and i and as soon as i got that text i looked to see if it was on there and yeah i saw it and it's they're just so cool so cool and
0: colorful you know yeah Um, and it's a great uh i don't know it's a nice souvenir for the whole family now you know that we were all there right so yeah between getting some Roger Dean art and now a little uh, Rolling Stones art, I'm dressing up the place. <laughs> you now they did "Sad, Sad, Sad" Beast of Bird and Keith did "Happy" in Madrid.
3: You can't you can't go wrong with "Happy." It that's a great song, but connection is just that much more special. I agree. Yeah. I agree, and is he going to break out before they make me run? Uh, that's another one too. I was thinking about that's awesome, and then I mean I love it. the song. Isn't that isn't my favorite? But I just the sentiment of the worst. The worst. I just love that.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I got to see connection. I should probably not push my luck, but who knows? Maybe 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 next week I'll be telling you about the second time I saw. This. All
3: right. All right, I'm looking forward to it. And then, of course, you know, for myself, excited to see the big Def Leppard show. Um, I have not been. I've not been to a venue. I mean, it's not going to be as big as eighty five thousand. There's gonna be a lot of people there, from what I've seen, yeah. uh, what they've been posting for the last couple of shows. There's going to be a lot of people That'll there. Be 50, so,
0: people there, yeah,
3: yeah, correct and window. So we shall see.
0: So that was my take on the Rolling Stones live in Hyde Park. What a special night. A special night for me. A special night for my family. Be able to take my child to see the Rolling Stones, to go see them one more time before it's all said and done. See them in a tribute to Charlie Watts. See them in Hyde Park almost 53 years to the day since they walked out and did a free show for half a million people in a tribute to Brian Jones. Now I see them in the tribute to Charlie Watts, almost 53 years later to the day. What a special night. I'm really glad I was there. It's a lot of times you're really happy to see a band where they're really on that night, and it's a lot of fun, and you're jumping, and it's, it's a great night, it's great entertainment. But for like historical value and just having a good vibe, a good atmosphere, and be able to share it with people you love, that's really what live music is all about. And I've said it for years that music is the most human of art forms. And good luck getting 85,000 people on a Saturday night to come out and stare at a painting. you know. And I love painting. Don't, don't get after me now. I love art forms and all. But music is the most human. It's the most unifying. And that's just something that I felt in Hyde Park on June 25th, that Saturday night, seeing the Rolling Stones after all those years, being with my family. It was great. A lot of people who go see the Stones now, they're checking a box. Or they're saying, oh, I'll go one more time. Or, you know, they're taking somebody young, like I got to take my eight-year-old daughter, to give her that experience. So she'll have that to, to remember, to look back on as she gets older. But honestly, if you want a good time, I say go see them. You know, they're, they're touring Europe a little bit more this summer. I think they're going to tour, if not later this year, they're, they're going to tour next year. So they're still doing great. Not everybody's there anymore. You know, there's no Bobby Keys. There's no Brian Jones. There's no Charlie Watts. No Bill Wyman, although he is alive. But the show they do is great. It's a lot of fun. And we had a great time last night. So if you want to go to see the Stones, if you're thinking about it out there in Europe, don't think about it. Just go. Just get a ticket and go. It'll be fun. Trust me. So I want to thank you for listening this week. And as usual, we want to ask, did we get something right? Did we get something wrong? Do we miss the point? Do we leave out your favorite part? Hey, Tweet us or DM us and let us know. I'm at ugly underscore werewolf and action is at actionjack72 with an X. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear from anybody who's at the show. Send us some photos. Send us some movies. Uh, send us a story or two. And we'd love to hear your experience at the show. And those good folks from the Midlands want to send us a message. Hey, we, we loved hanging out with you. You were good fans. You were good uh, uh, crowd members. Uh, good rock and rollers, man, and uh, it was folks like you that uh, keep me coming out to the shows. Not like some of the weirdos we had to deal with, uh, but that's that's all part of it, of course. And we're very proud to be part of Pantheon Podcast Network. You can check out at Pantheon Pods on Twitter uh, or www.pantheonpodcast.com. And very special thanks to rarevinyl.com, our new sponsor. Look, guys, if you're looking for something in the way of an LP a 78, a single, a disc, a a DVD, a CD, anything rock-related, check them out. It's rarevinyl.com. They ship all over the world. They have amazing quality and incredible staff, so definitely check them out. Next week, what's happening next week? Well, are we going to talk about The Stones again? I might just be going back. I know Jackson's looking forward to the stadium tour with Def Leppard and Motley Crue, so we'll definitely be talking about that. So with that, all you rock and rollers all around the world, From the Wolf and Action Jackson, be cool and stay safe.
2: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.